This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting with our early episodes where we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. On this week's episode, we talk about what is happening in the market. We've had a pump. Why? Let's get excited together. We also look at predictive markets. If you don't know what they are, we're going to talk a little about that. We also look at what's happening with FTX and Sam Bank. Bankman-Fried, plus our short, sharp news bites. My name's Tracy, and this week, Blake and I are joined by what will be a familiar voice to our regular listeners, third time as a co-host on the show. It's Dave Haslop from Oz CryptoCon. Hey, Dave, how are you going? I'm good, Trace. How are you? Yeah, really well. Thanks for coming back again. That's all right. Thanks for having me. You know I love doing this. You do, don't you? Glutton for punishment. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so we probably should give you a proper intro because you're not just the founder of Oz CryptoCon, which is in its second year, but you're well known around the traps for your massive Facebook page. How many is in there now? Uh, there's about 50,000 members, but I mean, during the, the bear market, how many of them are active at the moment? That's that's a tough call, <laughs> but there's about 50,000 members, but yeah, I've been around a while. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's the crypto den. Crypto den, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's, um, but it's probably getting frothy now with what's going on coming out of that crypto winter. But that one has been around for many years now. You're also offering that trading education package, which you started earlier this year. Yeah, that's right. So um, we haven't pushed it live just yet. So we're working with the team from OKX to, to push out a huge uh, plethora of, of education programs for the Web3 space that's, you know, trading, DeFi, all sorts of different different topics. To We're hoping to push that out uh, start of next year. Fantastic. Looking forward to checking it out. Yeah, exciting stuff. Well, look, you know, people are going to be checking the market out at the moment because that is what we want to talk about at the top of the show right now, ladies and gentlemen. We said a couple of weeks ago, Uptober didn't we? Uh, And certainly not disappointing. It has been a huge week 
in crypto. And the big guy, Bitcoin, has been leading this one. But others like Solana and XRP have also been doing pretty well as well. Bitcoin finally rebounding with some really bullish action, adding 17% over the past seven days, uh, 25% just this month. We've pushed well over 30K actually at time of recording. 34,400. 34,400. Wow. There we go. That is just... Wow, madness. Every Look, everyone's WhatsApp groups are popping off at the moment. Everyone's really excited. So what is the catalyst? What sparked this one? Yeah, there's really a few things happening here, I think, Trace. Uh, firstly, it doesn't look like the US SEC uh, is going to appeal, appeal the court decision for the Grayscale ETF application Um you know, that, that that they have to review that again. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, Cointelegraph earlier this week, uh, last, last week, week, the fake news, yeah, the fake news, they accidentally posted on Twitter that the BlackRock ETF was being approved. Now, this week, we've seen the BlackRock ETF ticker um, was registered um, with the NASDAQ. Did you see that story this morning, Dave? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so all over it. Essentially, what happened is that the ticker, um, it was registered with the NASDAQ for the Bitcoin ETF, um, which is obviously a pretty bullish signal that it is going to go through, particularly with BlackRock's strike rate of you know, 99.7% mm. um, approval rating. What are your thoughts, Dave? Look, I'm a bit of a conspiracy guy. <laughs> uh, I love a good conspiracy. Do tell, do tell. I think the Cointelegraph thing, um, it's not fake news. I think it was just... Put out a little early. I don't think it was fake. I think people already know about it. Media is preparing. You know, they've already got the inside knowledge. And Mm. I think, you know, someone just leaked it, whether it's, you know, someone that's just decided, screw this, I'm going to put it out there, or, Mm. you know, someone's lost their job or someone just made a genuine mistake. Who knows? But I, I am under the impression that they already know that it's approved. And... You know, we've been talking about this in the market for, what, the last three or four weeks. It's been pretty hot news yeah. in the ETF. So, mm. um, you know, I, I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's just going to be the one either. I think that multiple. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think multiple funds will, will have all their. All at one go because that's a common theory out there that they'll do them all in one go so there's no first mover advantage. That's right. And I think that's what they have to do, honestly. And I think that will also be sort of their play in the, the media as well. Mm. You know, the SEC can come out and say, well, yes, we've, we've declined this for so long, but now we're going to approve it, but under these conditions, because it kind of gives them a little last word there as well. You know? mm. Yeah, I, I tend to th- be in the same school of thought there, Dave, that you know, a, group, a group of them will be approved at the same time. But what we're seeing here is an over, um, you know, overexposure of BlackRock, mm. you know, for example, in the Queen Gra- Telegraph fake tweet, as well as, you know, BlackRock registering the ticker before the others, um, which suggests that, you know, maybe theirs will get through before the others. And that wouldn't be the best thing because there are other players like you know, Grayscale and Arc who were first, who were first mm. uh, but it could be the case that BlackRock, um, you know, pulls some strings and, and Helping their mates done. out. Helping their mates I out. I did read this morning somewhere actually, and I don't quite know this because I, I skimmed it, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure there was another one that also had their tickers registered. Oh, okay. Right. Let's look into that. Okay, interesting. So do you think that this is being priced in right now? Is, is, is this being priced in so potentially? No, I don't think we're even – I don't think we're scratching the surface, honestly. I mean, the Cointelegraph pump, we'll call it that, um, I think that was a good little window in what to expect, mm. right, when the news does go live. Mm. Now it's all conjecture and 
the fact that Bitcoin is is up, you know, what, 10% in one day, 17% for the week, mm, God. just on conjecture, the money flow that's coming into the market, that's a huge bullish sign. When these ETFs actually go live, people need to understand that they're opening up the market to liquidity in the trillions. And at the moment, the entire crypto cap is only sitting at around a trillion dollars. It's probably just over a trillion now. So when you start to go, well, we're, we're going to put you know 2 to 3% of our portfolio into to Bitcoin, for example, or whatever their, their allocation is going to be, you're talking doubling the market cap overnight. Mm. So I think that at the moment, the price action is is scratching the surface of what it could be in, in two to three months' time. Okay. Well, look, let's leave Bitcoin there for a minute because we know that Bitcoin sets the industry pace and it's done so here. But there are some other altcoins that have done particularly well. Ripple or XRP did 7% off the back of the news that the SEC was voluntarily dismissing the charges against uh, the Ripple execs. Uh, also, their partner, Travelex, scored a major partnership with the National Bank of Cambodia. Uh, also, Solana has had a massive rally, 35% up this last week. Craig's not here to give his thoughts, but I'm sure he would claim that it was his prediction on the show last week, Blake. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'd say something along those lines. <laughs> what was that, Blake? Why has Sol had that pump? Yeah, because it looks like as part of the FTX estate or the liquidation of the assets, um, the, creditor, the creditor pool or the administrators decided that the about $122 million of Solana um, is going to be staked um, rather than liquidated, yeah. um, which I think is really bullish because, you know, again, um, you know, if we do see substantial upside in some of the assets or some of the equities that or the, the liquidate the administrator holds on behalf of creditors, then people could not only see the the full return of the money that they've lost, but also, you know, the business might um, be able to reestablish it and start again. Yeah. So that is a big win because at one point they were going to sell it down every quarter, but mm. now they're staking. So I think that's definitely gone a long way. Well, I think they had like a billion dollars in Solana, didn't they? And they've... I don't think it was quite that much. I think it was $450 million. Right. Okay. So they're staking. It's a smart play. It's a mm. sensible play too. Mm. And it's nice to actually see some, some sensible heads coming together to formulate that sort of plan mm. too, because- the easy cash is to sell it off, but what do you do to the rest of the market? So I'm really happy with the outcome of that, and I hope that they stick to it and that they stake those coins. Absolutely. All right, any other thoughts on the market while we round out our general market talk? We're all excited and bullish at the moment for October. Do we see – how do we see the rest of the year playing out? A little bit more up or sideways action from here? I mean, it's totally going to depend on the ETF approval, right? So if the ETF gets knocked back, we're going to see a pullback. But – Let's let's look at this objectively for a second. Like Bitcoin in a what's perceived to be a bear market right now is trading at thirty four thousand USD. Right, that's that's insane to to call that a bear market in itself. You go back two to three years and, and we're down to, to three grand Bitcoin. So even if the market if the ETFs don't get approved, the market pulls back, and and Bitcoin comes to a a, a pullback level of sort of you know high twenties. That's still a good position to be in for the market. And I think we've got until January the 15th where the SEC has to either approve or deny. Like they can't postpone it anymore. So, and I think there's a lot of pressure coming in from, from BlackRock and Grayscale and I just don't see it not being approved. So for me, I'm thinking we, we see all-time highs in a very, very short time. And let's not forget we're coming into the halving next year too. So 
those two things alone, super, super bullish for Bitcoin. Mm. Bring on 100K Bitcoin. (laughs) For sure. Cool. All right. Yeah, let's move on to the next segment, Trace. We wanted to share a topic with you today that's talked about in the crypto circles a little bit this past year and gaining popularity. And that is prediction markets, Blake and Dave. Do you know much about prediction markets, Dave? I don't. And I've had a little bit of a read up and I'm very interested to learn more about this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So for those of you who don't know, a prediction market is a platform that enables users to forecast the outcomes of particular events and earn rewards if they are accurate. These events might be connected to finance, politics, sports, or basically anything, anything at all. There's some really weird stuff out there. And you might remember there was that weird hamster racing stuff on the blockchain earlier this year, just for an example. Um, so, oh, okay. Yeah. I do know what you're talking yeah. about. Sorry, Trace. I do, I do know that people were using this to bet on um, Trump's legal yeah. battles exactly. and like that, right? Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, exactly. So, Blake, do you want to tell us a little bit more about prediction markets in the crypto space? Yeah, so there's traditional um, prediction markets um, and it essentially incentivizes people that are in the know or have some subject matter expertise to place bets. These things can become really accurate about, you know, what's going to come because there is an incentive for those people that know what they're talking about. Uh, and then financial institutions uh, and, and companies use these prediction markets as tools as like for market analysis to figure out you know what's going on how are people thinking what how do we think things are going to end up and in the traditional um, world generally people would have to KYC which means give over your you know photo ID and get that verified um, but because some of these crypto prediction markets are fully decentralized uh, anyone can participate with kind of without that barrier to entry and then you know whoever, um, whoever wins in their predictions or from their wages, uh, they will um, have their proceeds automatically distributed to them on the blockchain, um, which means it's really, really transparent in that sense. Um, so uh, this is a growing market and it's going to mature and become uh, massive, I think. Mm. And there's already um, two really well-known crypto um, platforms out there. Argor and um, Polymarket, mm. and they've already gained huge traction. I had a little look at the Polymarket one, which someone had sent me a long time ago, but I didn't pay much attention to because I didn't know what it was. But right now, you can bet on whether um, the Killer Killers of Flower Moon movie <laughs> is going to outdo the Taylor Swift movie. <laughs> like, but, you, but you could go anything you can think of. Sports. Anything politics, you can think of, you can bet on. Yeah, anything. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's it's pretty mad. This is a double-edged sword, though. Really, I mean, we—I'm a huge advocate for decentralization. That's what I live for, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, I see the potential of enormous money laundering here, mm. and governments and regulators are not going to like this, and they're just going to make it very, very hard for people to interact with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a big section of this about uh, on on regulation and how they are trying to stamp this out in the US at the moment. But I think this is kind of a sidebar, put a pin in it for them at this point in time. Yeah. You know, cricket, I think you know, it might be worth touching on cricket as an example here. Mm. So sports betting um, is near impossible in India, um, yet recently about $200 million uh, USD was staked for one match yep. online on one of these prediction markets. So you know, India uh, is, a, is a cricket mad country with um, 1.4 billion people uh, and 
you know, betting's, betting's illegal and they're going to use platforms like this. Mm. And I think the use case is going to continue to um, you know, become more and more prevalent. Mm. Basically, it's just become like a huge knowledge aggregator that yes. is, you know, put out yeah. there in a statistical format of, of exactly yeah okay that's that's interesting i do like that that's that's very good we might pass over to alec patsfield from the deep tech duo with his thoughts on this prediction markets can be particularly useful for organizations seeking external insights to aid in decisions by sponsoring a prediction market and adding liquidity organizations can incentivize experts to share their knowledge especially when internal expertise is lacking or when the cost of information gathering is high for instance a company could use a prediction market to gauge whether a new CEO would positively impact its stock price, eliminating biases and company politics from the decision. Liquidity plays a significant role in the accuracy of prediction markets. Low liquidity markets function more like voting mechanisms, susceptible to the biases and opinions of their participants. However, as liquidity increases, the impact of these biases diminishes. Increased liquidity encourages more research and attracts specialized trading firms, further enhancing the market's accuracy. In summary, prediction markets are increasingly becoming a reliable tool for gauging event outcomes, informing business decisions and may soon become capable of exposing costly narratives used by governments to rationalise destructive policies to the public. So there you go. That's Alex's thought from our deep tech duo. Really interesting stuff there. I think we're just kind of scratching the surface on that. Uh, most of the prediction market exists within that legal finance web two early stage stuff. And like we said, we're moving into, uh, you know, the decentralised models, which mean you can bet a lot more money and a lot of different things and I think this is going to gain a lot of traction so let's watch this space. Okay guys we cannot have a podcast without giving you a quick update on FTX and Sam Bankman Freed. The trial is just finishing into its third week here. Uh, I'm just going to touch on what the press is saying because we touched on this a little bit last week but several legal experts are saying this and I, I read this in the in the Washington Post just this morning that the prosecution's witness-heavy strategy is really working at the moment and Sam Bankman-Fried's defence is struggling. Before the trial even started, Sam Bankman-Fried wanted to put his own witnesses up and apparently the judge um, presiding over the case rejected a total of seven of his witnesses. So he was, he was set out to fail from the beginning. But again, he is not looking good here. This is what a lot of the lawyers are watching the trial are saying. Another major hit headache could be Sam himself uh, taking the stand. He was due to take the stand, but now we're on the street is he's not going to, and <laughs> apparently, and that might be, I think, because it's been pointed out that his defence lawyers uh, have been up on the stand cross-examining someone with these questions that waiting for the answer that they think is going to come and then a completely different answer has come and they're kind of looking back at Sam. So it really feels like he's been lying to his defence lawyers uh, and they're not getting the answers that he's wanting that, that that they're expecting so this is this is the the commentary that other lawyers are giving that really points to the fact that he's bought into his own bullshit and his own lies and he's not been truthful with his team so they don't want him to take the stand anymore um so again we'll wait and see what happens here but things aren't looking good and i really wanted to take a bit of a poll here from both of you two what do you think is going to happen if the guilty verdict is read out? They're saying it's a possible hundred years in jail, but what do we see this man actually doing? What do what what time will he spend behind bars? Do you think, Dave? 
Well, like I said before, I like a good conspiracy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I think that he's he's ties to politics and and the the network and the the circles that him and his family walk in. It'll it'll end in a guilty verdict, but he's gonna roll over on someone important, or at least that's what we're gonna get told. And oh. he's gonna the the, okay. the State Department or whatever it is that's 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 running this process is going to turn around and say, Sam has has given us inside information into such and such and such and such, uh, okay. and for that reason, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're not sending him to jail and we can't tell you anything about it. So it'll be super harsh. We won't know the truth of any of it, and what? I reckon the little bastard is going to get away with it. Interesting theory. That's my tinfoil hat answer. Well, there you go. All right. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's what, what are the prediction markets saying, Tris? Jump on there and play some bets. Hilarious. Oh, that's gold. Well, look, that is an interesting one. I hadn't heard that yet. Just a lot of people are saying, look, he, again, they think that he'll get a bit more of a slap on the wrist and potentially nowhere near as many years as many hope that he'll get. But again, let's wait and see. We've discussed this and more on an episode of The Dive with Sasha, which is out today. So give that a listen. And this is another Equity Meets Media podcast. We'll leave the uh, link in the show notes. Absolutely. Thanks, Blake. Time now to go for a break, but when we get back, we're going to let you know how you can get your hands on some free tickets worth over $250, Dave, aren't they, to the Oz CryptoCon event in Melbourne this year. And we're going to hear all about the event and get some alpha from Dave. So don't go anywhere to get your hands on those tickets. We'll be back after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast today with Dave Haslop, myself and Blake. Now, Blake, you didn't come along to OzCryptoCon no. last year. You're too busy with I heard CEO, all the, I heard all the stories, you though. You did. <laughs> a few stories. Myself and Craig did get along and it exceeded all expectations. We had the best time. It was a cracker. Honestly, uh, Dave, it was such a great event and we did come back on the podcast and tell everyone about it. So you have very graciously given us some tickets to give away to our crypto curious listeners. Thank you so much for that. And it will be a bit of a um, first in, first serve basis till those tickets are gone. So send us an email to podcast at getbamboo.io for a double pass, which is worth over $500. You don't want to miss this event. So do that now, first in, best dressed. 
So let's talk about the event. Dave, yeah. what, what can you tell us? Here's the rundown. Uh, well, what do you want to know? <laughs> <We've> got... <laughs> how, many, how many people? Yeah, how many people? Because you, yeah, two weeks out, well, obviously it's the 11th and 12th of November, which is a Saturday and Sunday. So the good folk of Melbourne, um, you know, you guys are in the action there. It's a little bit easier to get to for others than having to go all the way to um, Queensland this year, which was a lovely spot. That's right, yeah. I mean, Gold Coast last year was an awesome event. We had a great time and a huge turnout. But Gold Coast is also very isolated. So, um, you know, for people to travel, you know, I think we sold about, yep. well, not we sold, but there was about 300, uh, sorry, 3,000 hotels mm. booked last year on the Gold Coast for people that attended the event. So that's that's a huge indication of how many people actually had to travel. Um, wow. versus how many people wow. live locally. And Gold Coast is a pretty small place. So, you know, Melbourne is, is much bigger. Um, we're entering the last sort of two to three weeks leading into the event, which is where, it, for most cases of, uh, you know, people that run events and, and event owners that I've spoken to, that's where you sort of see most of your, your tickets go out the door is in that last few weeks. So we're expecting thousands of people to attend again this year. You know, we've got, we've got plenty in store, plenty of speakers, Huge, huge keynote theatre this year, which is a bit different to last year's event, which will be really exciting. And, of course, the the biggest crypto after party in Australia for the whole year. So. Yes. Oh, there was there was so <laughs> many good after parties. It was good. It was good fun. But last year it was great because obviously anyone that was in the business as far, you know, was there, you know, in their stands chatting. But there was really great retail people too. Everyone was just so happy and excited to talk to each other. It was such a good vibe. I was just really impressed with the quality of people that came through and were chatting on stands, but also the people working the stands. It was such a, you know, a great – and I think we weren't even in a great stage of crypto at that point, but can no. you imagine what it's going to be like in a couple of weeks? Well, Bitcoin last year had just gone – so during the time of our event, I think Bitcoin sat around 18,000, and that was coming from a high of like 60,000. So it's – you know, the, you could call that the bottom of a bear market, which is probably the worst time you could hold a big crypto event. Uh, so, but this oh year, gosh. I mean, I'm, I'm watching the charts right now, and Bitcoin just hit 35k. So, we're double where we were last year in terms of price action for Bitcoin, and that's that's a pretty exciting position to be in. Oh my golly! So, yeah, and I mean, you just you said before on the retail audience, and I think that's a huge distinction between our event and Token 2049 is that. Token is so, so B2B, you know, it's very, very industry focused and that's good. That's good for businesses, but there wasn't a huge amount there for retail, you know, so that people can come out and, and meet people that they've spoken to online for years and just, just have a good time and learn and listen to people's knowledge that have been in the industry for a while and, and want to share that that knowledge with everybody. So yeah. there's, there's something for everyone this year and that's that's an exciting part for me. We, we listened to the feedback from last year from both attendees and businesses. We've implemented a few changes and, you know, fostered a few different areas of the event. So, you know, there's definitely something for everyone this year. Awesome. Well, Blake and I will be there. Yeah. And we, uh, wait. we look forward to it. We look forward to <laughs> Put it. Put your party hat on, Blake. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, it's the only hat I have. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So make sure everybody that you do send that email to podcast at getbamboo.io for your chance to win uh, a double pass and tell your friends about it also. Let's move on to our short, sharp news bites. Dave, you can kick off first. News out of last week from MicroStrategy Incorporated. 
led CEO. Is he still the CEO? Yeah. Or is he oh, chairman? He might have moved to chairman. I think you're right. I think there, he's chairman. Dave, yeah. yeah. Michael Saylor has once again reinforced its bullish stance on Bitcoin by investing an additional $147.3 million into the digital currency. Wow. This latest investment brings the firm's total Bitcoin holdings to 158,245,000 Bitcoin. Wow. And I think their portfolio just hit green um, now that they're above their average buy price um, of all the tranches That's that they brought, brought over. The validation this man must feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, yeah. So he would be $4.68 billion worth of Bitcoin. So they are the biggest holder of Bitcoin, yes? I think Grayscale might be bigger. Okay. Um, but there are there are bigger holders out there, no. Yeah. But as far as institutional holders? Um, uh, maybe. I thought I read that they were. But publicly, yeah. Yeah, okay. Wow, there you go. Fun times. Okay, moving on. Uniswap will charge 0.15% swap fees. This ain't great news. Their company's PR line says that this is part of its effort to develop a sustainable business model and expand crypto and DeFi solutions. This 0.15% transaction fee will be on swaps on specific tokens, including Ethereum, USDC, WETH, Oh, my God, I never get that right. Weth, <laughs> USDT and DAI. As expected, this was met with mixed response in the market. There you yeah. go. Have you been following that one, Dave, at all or not really? No, that's the first time I've heard it. And, I mean, that's – there's a, Apparently, there's a bit of pressure from investors. Um, Is that, that right? They need to start commercialising. You know, they've obviously um, you know, rode the market up over the last few years. But now, you know, as they want to – you know, expand their business, they need to generate re more revenue. Yeah. Um, it doesn't affect the uni token holders. I did read that, so. Yeah. Um, uh, is there two tokens for Uniswap? Is there a governance token and a utility token? Or is it just one? Just one. That's the uni token. Right. Yeah. So there is an equity position from VCs mm -hmm. in Uniswap labs that are looking to get an ROI. There you go. Beyond the token. All right. What's up next then, Blake? Reddit is killing its blockchain-based community points. Uh, so, yeah, in our cryptocurrency, which is a subreddit uh, on Reddit, um, they had uh, some community points and they're killing it because of um, scaling difficulties and regulatory changes. It was just an ERC token uh, and people um, could use this uh, on, on the platform. You know, but I'm, I must say that I'm a big user of Reddit and our cryptocurrency. And, you know, I, I, I don't deep dive into it, but I do check it periodically every few weeks. And I, I knew this was there, but it was never really that prominent, mm. you know, and I know if it was prominent and I could understand it, I would have used it. But, you know, I, I've been, this has been a bit of a go-to for me as a news aggregator for the last, you know, five years. And, you know, I wasn't really across was it a marketing this. error then? Yeah, I think, you know, the go-to-market probably wasn't that strong if, if you know, a, 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 a regular user didn't understand it. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. Well, I'm not a huge Reddit user and I had absolutely no idea it existed. Mm -hmm. so there, you go. there you go. Cool. What's next, Dave? The EU has formally agreed on new crypto tax data sharing rules. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the new rules allowing tax authorities to share data on individuals' cryptocurrency holdings known as DAC8, DAC8. DAC8. How good. <laughs> is aimed at preventing funds from being stored overseas through crypto. It requires all crypto service providers to divulge transaction information of EU residents to combat tax fraud and evasion. 
It will also apply to financial institutions dealing with electronic money and central bank digital currencies. The rules will come into effect 20 days after the publication in the EU's official journal. This, this kind of thing is important because if the EU is setting the standard at the moment, maybe not for the US to follow, but places like potentially Australia will look to yeah, this. Yeah, well, you know, with data sharing, like the GDPR, for example, with consumer data rights, mm. they did really set the standard here. Uh, and then, you know, everywhere else kind of developed their own version of GDPR, but, you know, relating more locally. Uh, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if this filters out, you know, in, in most other places. Generally, these guys are on the front foot. It is funny, though, that Dave had the exact same reaction to the Craig would have had seeing tax and crypto in the same heading. <laughs> Look, honestly, it's just going to push people more to DeFi, and that suits me. That serves me. I love DeFi. So, you know, you're talking about the gambling earlier. You've got things like um, money laundering and tax evasion and things like that, and the government's not going to like it, but the government is doing more and more every week, it seems, to push people towards DeFi. So, you know, they, they need to have a bit of give and take there across the board, and if they don't, you're just going to end up with a more decentralised world and decentralised finance. So bring it up. All right, well, going, going back or staying with the EU, Coinbase has picked Ireland as its EU hub with the MICA laws set to open the European market up for those guys. So Coinbase will then gain a MICA licence to operate in the EU as this move comes as part of the Coinbase expansion plans amidst, to, uh, amidst its efforts to diversify its businesses over concerns the US regulations are just tightening the enforcements too much in their crypto approach. So good news for Coinbase there. Mm, yep. All right. And the last story we have is the largest telecom in South Korea, SK Telecom, has launched a new crypto wallet. Um, that wallet lets users store tokens and assets. Uh, it comes with on-chain analysis tools, which is really interesting. And I think... Uh, They're huge. They're massive. Like You know, we, we recently heard that Grab, um, which is, mm. uh, is kind of like the Uber of Southeast Asia, um, is also moving in a similar direction. And I really think that adoption is going to be far more prevalent in Asia than it is in the West um, moving through this next cycle. There you go. I think that's where adoption will really start globally is in Asia. For sure. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. Any plans to expand the uh, the crypto conference over to Asia then another part of... Uh... God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know, for, look, for people attending, it's a weekend. Yeah. Right? Yep. But it takes a year to plan. Yeah. It takes a year to put together... It's such a huge task. I couldn't imagine doing more than one a year. Yeah. So, and look, you've got a great team. Shout out to Matt, who's awesome. Uh, you yeah, know, and Matt and Adam. Yep, absolutely brilliant. You know, couldn't do it without them. They're they're amazing. So Lauren's there now as well, um, and Lauren as well now helping out. In the Lauren's just started with us. Yeah, yeah, she's she's doing a really good job. I'm very impressed with Lauren. So, um, you know, we're growing, uh, but definitely not fast enough to do a, an event in Asia. And I mean, <laughs> okay. Token Token owns that space. Yeah, right? yeah, sure. So, yep. You know, you can't compete with a, a company that's that's backed by that much money. And yeah, you know. well, look, you did a sensational job of last year's show, and I no doubt that this one's going to be just as good. Me and Blake are very excited to get along to that. Craig's coming as well. We can't leave Craig out. Sure. He's not in the show, but he will be there. The whole gang together, and that's going to round out our show today, ladies and gentlemen. Dave, thanks so much for coming on a third time. That's okay, thank you. I think you're missing one one thing. Oh. Okay, so have you got a bit of a little announcement of oh, your own to share? Okay, no, sorry, I'll let you do that if you want to, want to sure? yeah, share some alpha with <laughs> us. <laughs> so 
Tracy is actually going to be interviewing Michael Saylor this year on the keynote <laughs> stage. Wow. Okay. I'm sinking in now that it's been said live. Dave Dittering. <laughs> You're locked in. I'm locked in now. It's live. Oh, my God. I'm so excited, honestly. I'm a little bit nervous but very excited. The main man. Yeah. He's a gentleman too. Like he's, he's such a nice guy to talk to. Um, You'll, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, so. I can't wait. I don't think there could be a better time in the market cycle oh, to wow. interview Michael. Yeah. Uh, he's going to, you know, be validated at this point in time and mm. um, also talk about, you know, how this shifts his thinking and, and what is, um, you know, how he's seeing things moving forward. Ask him what his um, second best crypto is. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he says East. There no. is no second best. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I'm honoured and excited and it's going to be great. So let's see if we can get the best out of him when we, we interview him. And it's another reason for people to get along and get amongst it. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much for thinking of me. And yeah, look, we look forward to getting there. And let's end the show on that exciting note. Thanks for listening, everybody. Again, if you want to DCA into this exciting crypto market, then please look at using the Bamboo app for a free $10 worth of free Bitcoin. Use the code CURIOUS. Please follow us on social media. There's the Crypto Curious Instagram page and our Facebook group. Hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast now. Please tell your mates about us. Thanks so much for being with us again, Dave, and we'll see you all again next week. Bye for now. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.